Thank you for joining us on the Underdog Podcast, the place where we believe at one point in your life, you were an underdog and overcame adversity. And for that reason, we want to hear your story. I am your boy, Calvin Blackman. And I am Kyle Decker. This episode is powered by the Riley Decker Companies. The right decision. For more information, go to RileyDecker.com. Today's episode is special. We love our alma mater, Miami University, and today we have no other than MAC champion. Yes, Black, I'm going to say that one more time because it feels real good. MAC champion and a man who has led the Red Hawks to a 23-8 record in the conference since 2016. Please welcome current head coach of the Miami Red Hawk football program, no other than Chuck Martin. What's up, guys? How we doing? Welcome to the UDP. Yeah, it's good. It's good to be on. So I got, I got, to, I said to start off with something special. So oh my god, these guys don't even know it. Oh my, this dude just. But there you go. For those who aren't watching, Dad bot is in full video, attempt. but my man Kyle Decker just pulled out his look, game I, I jersey bet. that he is wearing from two thousand and four. Four. 16 years ago. We, wow. we can tell you've been sticking with that push-up challenge, too. You're looking <laughs> arms are pumped, man. Look at those arms. Hey, I like bought in full effect, let's but go. I'm, I'm rocking let's it all go. episodes, so let's go. Let's get after All it. you're missing is the pads. Yeah, so we, uh, Chuck, it's it's been great to get to know you and really super appreciative of your time. Um, I want to start off, obviously, super familiar with, uh, obviously, our, our alma mater, and we both we played, Calvin and I, super proud of being Miami alums and Miami football players. Uh, but let's talk about that adverse moment when you decided I'm obviously in the business world and not many people would take a pay cut like you did um, to take over an 0 and 12 program. And I think that's you know, one to start off with that because I've just really thought through in preparation for this podcast with you just kind of walking if I was in your shoes kind of walking through that. So I want to start off with that because you were coming off a, a national championship or soon thereafter at Notre Dame, you know, career is really going in a great direction. You say, hey, I'm going to take less money and I'm going to go and, and coach and take over a program at 0-12. So kind of talk us through that adverse underdog moment. Yeah, the, there's everybody asked me that. And I said, there's always a fine line between courageousness and foolishness. And I'm not sure what side of the line I was on when I made that decision. But um, there's three factors that play into the decision. One was Miami University and the, the the tradition, not only the academic tradition at Miami and, you know, one of the eight public ivies, but the football tradition and the cradle of coaches. And yeah, the last whatever time before I got there was probably the worst, you know, six, eight, 10 years in Miami football history, but the long, the 50 years before that were amazing. And, and so that was the lure that you could go coach at Miami. You could go turn around one of the proudest football programs in the country and you'd be part to turn that around was appealing. Uh, the second, the second piece was, you know, I want to be a head coach again. I had been a head coach and then I had been a DB coach and offense coordinator at Notre Dame. And obviously uh, that, that played into the factor. And then the third part is family for me, you know, how everybody's family dynamics is different and everybody makes decisions on what's in the best interest of their family. No two families are the same, but for me and my family, how my family works well together, you know, it was a great opportunity The the town of Oxford and, and everything that could bring to being in a smaller town really suited what I was looking for. So those are really the three reasons that I, I, I think I'm still making less than I did six years ago. So financially, it certainly wasn't the, the best decision in my life, but some of us believe there is more to, more to life than money. 
What happens when a coach decides to uh, kind of just go on, you know, kind of stick into this real quick, uh, when you decide to be, you, you've been a head coach, you've been an assistant, and then being a head coach, what would you say the biggest difference is being a head coach, whether it's an offensive coordinator or a position coach, um, and taking over the helm and running your own program? What would you say the biggest difference is there? Um, all the different roles. When you're an assistant coach, even if you're a coordinator, you are pretty centrally focused on your guys and your side of the ball and your mission, whether it be defending the points or scoring points. And you, you get really, you know, you get in your silo and you go, 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 go. And that's pretty much all year round. You recruit for your side of the ball. You recruit for your position. Everything you do is thinking about trying to be a main, main cog in the engine of being an offense or defensive guy. When you're a head coach, now you're running the company you know, versus, versus when you're an employee of the company, you have a specific role that you have to perform when you're the head coach you're in, in our company's probably every day, about 150 people. It's not the largest company in the world, but it is in, in it's, it's coaches, it's players, it's trainers, it's academic people, it's equipment people, it's all the medical people. So in trying to bring that all together. And one of the biggest things when I got to Miami that, you know, there was hurdles, obviously if you lost 16 straight games, whatever, um, but one of the hurdles off the field was just no one was working together. You know, there was people that touched our athletes every day that didn't even talk amongst each other. They kind of had their own job. And so we probably spent a year and a half, two years just trying to get the organization structure right of a successful company and getting everybody on the same page to where it is today, where we have a weekly meeting on Monday, just like any company with everybody involved. And you kind of had the state of union address and we're all marching. We have our marching orders. We all do it together. So um, th that's the biggest difference from being a assistant coach, a head coach is all the off the field stuff that you have to do to help your team be successful. So <clears throat> along those lines, let's rewind now back to, uh, did, as Kyle said, we did some research, and you were a, you were an All American uh, football player, safety, also hidden gem in there, place kicker, and another hidden gem. You baseball were player. baseball player, a two sport athlete, and I believe you were all league or district uh, in baseball. So um, your athletic career started early. Basketball, 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 basketball. basketball. Okay, basketball. Hooper. There you go. He was a That's hooper. Even more athletic. Right. Um, so. I always like to talk about, you know, having had some uh, coaching history of, of my own, knowing the trajectory and, and just the journey that it takes. Um, when you decided to get into coaching and taking a GA job, you know, very, very early on after college, why coaching? Why go into the profession where you're making no money and, as you always hear, probably sleeping on a couch or just trying to make ends meet to what's going to be the unknown for the next, you know, probably 15 or 20 years until you're able to really land that position at a, you know, at a Grand Valley or at a Notre Dame or at a Miami. Yeah, obviously I always love sports. Um, I was a better student than I was athlete. We like to say division three is a cut above intramurals. Uh, <laughs> and, and I had, I had a good, I had a nice career in college, but again, um, I, I was playing cause I love to play and I actually got a degree in auditing and I actually was an auditor for two years. So when, when I made the, this wasn't the first time in my life when I took a pay cut to come to Miami, <laughs> when I left Deloitte and Touche in 1992 to go be a GA for like 38 bucks a month, that was, wasn't, wasn't a proud uh, mom and pop moment for my parents when I told them like, Hey, you paid for my education. I got a good degree. I got this really good job at this, you know, really international accounting place. It seems really good. I'm going to, I'm going to quit this and, um, kind of go, go, go chase this coaching. So, um, 
I just have always loved sports and I've always loved being around people. That's always my deal. My accounting job was fine, but I played with numbers all day. I really didn't interact a ton with people. Um, so I wanted to get back into sports. A lot of my coaches from high school and college swore that I was going to be a coach. They said, you're going to coach, you're going to coach, you're going to coach. I was probably a little smarter player than I was athletic players. So, um, I don't know. I didn't, again, I didn't do it for the money. I wasn't thinking that someday I would be at Notre Dame, the head coach of mine, really the head coach anywhere. I thought my dream job may be the head coach of Milliken someday. So um, didn't, as Bubba Watson said, my dreams really didn't go this far. <laughs> I've kind of far surpassed what I, what I kind of set out to do. So, um, but just the love of the game and the love of sports and being around kids is a blast. Like it, 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 there's nothing better than my job day to day of going and in, going into Miami and, and going and, seeing our kids and working with our kids on the field, off the field, all the struggles they have. I love every minute of it. You actually took one of my uh, rapid fires. I'm going to say, hey, how much of that accounting degree from Mankato State, I think that's what it's called, were you actually still using today? So that was you already you already took one of my rapid fire, man. He's, he's above. He's working <laughs> ahead of us. Yeah, he's good. So, um, but uh, I don't even do my own taxes. That's how much I'm using it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shoot. Well, we're, we wanted to kind of touch upon the current state of the program as far as what's going on with uh, COVID-19. Uh, first question, are we playing football this fall? Um, certainly hope so. I know that's the plan. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know that anybody of us could have seen we'd be sitting here five weeks ago where we're sitting today. Sure. So I don't know what next week brings, but I know the plan is that Hopefully we'll have kids on campus and it'll be as close to being back to as normal as we, you know, maybe not exactly like normal was, but as close to we can have kids back on campus at Miami and, and be playing all our sports in the fall is definitely the goal and what definitely we're planning on until somebody tells us we can't do that. Sure. And I, and I thought there's one thing that uh, current athletic director David Saylor said um, about you recently when we were talking uh, in preparation for this. He has embraced this work from home situation better than any other coach I have ever seen. Very active with all phases of his program. Can you kind of touch upon that statement of, of how well you're doing and some of the maybe the things that you are um, you know, hitting on all of those phases with your team and with, like you said, the whole company or every unit you have? Yeah, it's like anything else. Life throws us curveballs. Obviously, this is you know, probably biggest curveballs any of us have ever faced. Um, so you sit down that, you know, that when the NBA decided they're going to not play anymore, I figured stuff's getting real here because they're not throwing away billions of dollars and, and they know a little bit more than I know as a head coach at Miami. I'm sure Adam, Adam Sterling or whatever his name is had a little more Intel of what's going on than I did. So we just kind of regrouped and said, okay, it's just like every other day, guys. What what can we do to support our current student athletes? This is this is going to get weird for them. This is going to be hard for them. We got kids going home all over the country. They're going to do remote learning. They're not going to be able to train. We're, we're stopping. But what? Let's not worry about what everybody was complaining about. Oh, we're losing spring ball. I'm like, yeah, we are. What, what are we going to do? So our deal was. How do we support them academically? This is going to be different. We have kids that need, you know, we have unbelievable academic support at Miami and we, we have kids that need that support. You know, we have some great students on my team, but we also have some students on my team that, you know, thrive at Miami, but with a lot of help. So how could we bring that help to their living room? And then, uh, you know, Luke, our strength coach, there's no mandatory workouts now, but Luke our, Luke, our strength coach has been in touch with the guys, making sure that whatever they're trying to do at home is safe. And, and he's helped them with the materials, whether they have a full gym at home or whether they, they're doing curls with paint cans, trying to make it as safe as possible for our kids at home. And just then we've done a ton of Google meetings with them. We Some of it's been football, just like you'd have a spring football meeting. But a lot of it's been about life. We've had a lot of 
ex-players come in and jump in on position meetings from NFL players uh, to all sorts of different topics to try to keep keep improving them. And yeah, we can't improve them on the field right now. We got that. But is there other ways we can help them be be more successful people and more successful players? And then the second piece is we jumped in recruiting. Like I said, we should have the greatest recruiting month in the history of Miami football. So we have nothing else to do, guys. I said, we are sitting home, but we can still talk to recruits, even though it's a dead period. You're still. So we've done more FaceTime calls with kids, with parents, with coaches. You know, we had three commitments when the quarantine started. And within three weeks, we had 17 commitments, which at that time was the most in the country. Um, so our, our assistance has absolutely killed it recruiting. Uh, and then the last piece is community service. We're always big on community service. So how do you have community service when you can't leave your house? That's hard to do. You know, yeah, we got these stay at home orders. So uh, we, we did this reading program where we started reading books and, and our players have done a great job of their each position group is reading a book and we're taping and, and grammar schools are using our books and parents are using the books we're reading. And then we've also reached out to the Knowles in town here and uh, we have a uh, kind of FaceTime chats with, with our players, with, with people they don't even know, which is a little bit awkward. I get, but it's, it's the, the people in these retirement communities are on absolute lockdown. They can't even have family members visit. So we've been trying to help out there as much as we can with having kids call in every day and talk to people that maybe don't have anybody to talk to. So those are all the things we're trying to do. We've actually stayed crazy busy. <laughs> a lot of people complain how long it's been my, my five weeks. It's been a blur to be honest with you. Yeah. And just to touch upon Let's give credit where credit's due. I think you're you're very, being very humble. Um, we have the 25th, and I say we because we're Miami, we are. Calvin. We are. Even though you're a Michigan fan, we won't go there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, 25th. You like Michigan, too. Yeah, yeah. The good guy, actually, good. Yeah, I know they're helping. Yeah, there you go. They're, they're a good supporter of the program. Me, as and, well. Coach, me and Coach Martin. Um, <laughs> I got to watch you over there. Um, but they have the 25th recruiting class in the country and top of the group five. Um you know, that, that, what is, you know, to your point, maybe going a little bit, how are you having, I mean, that's 17 commitments, uh, top 25 recruiting class. Um, how are you having that outside of, you know, is this just allowing you to, you know, like you said, engage with, with having more face to face? Cause it seems like you're even having more success than almost if you were on the road. Yeah, no, it's, it's been, it's been great. And the thing is that Miami sells, as you guys know, like and when times get tough, um, the better product you have, the better chance you have to make it through. And like our deal is like, Hey, this, this is going to end. We don't know when this is actually going to end or what it's going to look like, but the, the Miami education is still going to be sitting there. Like that's not changing. I don't know, you know, whether, whether we're in person, remote, whether, whatever the classes look like, it's still going to be a Miami education. I said, we're still going to come back to those unbelievable facilities at Miami. You know, you're still going to come back whenever we play football again, we'll be the reigning Mac champs. We'll have the best regular league. So there's a lot of things the campus, the town of Oxford, uptown, like there's, and, and again, we just focus on the same things we're always focused on. Like we're looking for student athletes. I want to be the best in the classroom. We want to be the best on the football field. Obviously we've been building this thing for a while, obviously coming off a Mac championship season. Now we don't have to talk about, Hey, we're, we're going to be champions. We are champions. So um, the cells easier than ever, you know, we are so young a year ago. We started six different freshmen. If you count third down defense, you know, with 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 Lonnie and Ivan starting on our third down pass rush. 
Um, so the the idea that we did so many good things and we were the youngest team in the league by, you know, we got 17 starters back. So it's a pretty easy sell. I think it's always been an easy sell. That's why I took the job, even though we were on 16. I just knew we could sell Miami. We could sell the Miami experience. We just had to convince kids we were going to get back to being a championship caliber program. And now that we have. Uh, Miami has, as you guys know, Miami has a ton to offer. And yeah, I'm the head coach and yeah, I'm biased. But anyone who knows Miami knows Miami has a ton to offer. Yeah. And not even to say I'm a Miami merger. I'm married up. So if you want to any recruit that's listening, throw, you know, academics is first and foremost, of course. And football is fantastic. But uh, there's other things as well. There I mean, are. Let's be honest. There I mean, are. It's a good place to be for a 18 to 21, 22 year old male to, to have some, <laughs> some good experiences in Oxford, Ohio. So um yeah so, it's, so, it's it's incredible so I do have a question uh because you just talked about why to come to Miami but being out in the business world now running into a lot of parents and different things that they know that I've coached and a lot of times the question I get is uh or they're trying to figure out their kids may be 18 so let's say I'm a 40 45 year old mother uh, mother or father um with an 18 year old who's going to get an opportunity to go play at the next level you know what is your philosophy uh, you know, around coaching and then why come play for Chuck Martin? Because a lot of times I know it's pick the school, don't pick the coach. But when you're having to go in these parents living rooms or do these, you know, these Zoom meetings with them now, you know, why come play for uh, for Chuck Martin? Well, our deal is we're not we're not in the sales business like most most college recruiters. It's just it's not what we believe in. It's not what we've ever believed in. It's not why we've won at every place we've been. We're big on this is our company. This is how we run our company. This is our school. Like I like I tell parents and kids all the time, Miami University ain't changing for you. Just so you know, right? Like they're not they're not going to just put you in some monkey major and, and and pass you through. That's not and it may work that way some places. That's not what Miami is all about. Secondly, I've won a lot of football games from Division Two to Notre Dame to Miami. And if you'd like me to kiss your butt, I'm probably not going to do it. That's not our style. Like, and, and, and the reason I'm not going to do it is not because I don't like you as much as the next guy that's doing that in recruiting. It's because that's not helpful to you. So our sales always this. We always talk about looking for the most competitive people on the planet. If you're going to have a good company, it doesn't matter. Miami football, you're going to start uh, a restaurant. You're going to start an you better find competitive people. Like you can have all the competitors for me, the CEO, but I don't get to play the games. I don't get to coach. Like you got to find kids that want to want to work and want to be better than other people. Secondly, you got to love football. Like there, there's too many athletes nowadays that play sports for the wrong reasons because they're good, because it makes them popular, because it's fun when you win. Well, you don't always win. So if you love football, it doesn't matter. You love coming to work every day. Three, you got to want to get Miami to education. It's everybody, oh, I want to go to grade school. No, you don't. There's certain people that want to go to grade school and really be challenged in the classroom and prepare themselves for the rest of their life. But that's not the majority. They'll, they'll say it on rivals. Yeah, I'm going to go to the, you know, academics are number one. No, you, no, it's not. Don't, and it, it doesn't have to be number one. But if it is at Miami, it's got to be part of the situation. And then the last piece is you want to be coached. And, and we look for kids that want those four things. So we're not into like, hey, come play for me because I've won. We don't talk about winning. Hey, come play for me because of the great facilities. Hey, come play for me because of the great education. Like if those four things align with how you're raising your kid, mm -hmm. then your kid's going to fit in great in my program. If they don't align with how you're raising your kid, we could have the beautiful Gunlock building and the Dock Center and the barbershop and all this. We have all the bells and whistles now, and it's awesome, but it's icing on the cake if you believe in what's really important. 
how we're going to run our business day to day. And when I got to Miami, they said, how are you going to turn this thing around? You know, I said, well, we're going to, we're going to have the best team in the league and we're going to do it the right way. And we're, how are you going to do it? We're going to find the most competitive kids in the world. Okay. Yeah. But how are you going to do it? No, no, that's how we're going to do it. And anybody that watched our team a year ago, like we lost 76 to five to Ohio State. I bring it up all the time. It's, it's the worst moment of my life really in coaching. I mean, it's embarrassing, but how our kids responded and how our staff responded and how our company responded to that moment is all based on recruiting. You can't, there's no Sunday speech that could turn that feeling around. That was based on who I had in my locker room, who I had in my meeting room. And we weren't going to blink and we, we love football and we're going to compete in this. When no one believes that you're going to find out who loves to compete and who doesn't love to compete. So that's, that's how we turn around. And that's, if you're a parent and you like that, you should send your kid to play. If not, you should send your kid to go play someplace else. Yeah. And one thing Chuck, I've learned through you in what I appreciate is the value of culture, mm-hmm. which it took, you know, like you said, to, to develop those character of men and you know, you haven't short, short circumvented like your plan. Like if, okay, I'm just gonna go all grad transfers. I'm just going to go and grab guys from Juco. I'm going to go do that. Like you've really developed, like you believe in, adding talent from high school to college and really developing and like you said have the core concept so to me you know at the beginning i was like i'll be completely honest until i've gotten to know you in your process i was like oh man i don't know you know if this but it's it's worked you know obviously in in your your record before and everything that you've learned and you've been a winner um you know i just more importantly being in the business world you're developing men and you know that are going to be producers in in the real world and like you said, it's a very overall outlook. And if you watch and engage with Miami athletics and in particular Miami football, you see the development and character of men. As you mentioned, they're reading to kids or to elderly. They're they're uh, making the most of their time. They're they're out and about helping freshmen move into dorms. I mean, they're just super involved. And I know everyone says they do it, but these guys do it, and it's followed up. So anyway, I just want to give continued uh, appreciation and support for developing the character of young men. And the way you've built the program, like I said, you could have short circuit, you know, like I said, in, in, in maybe grabbing talent, but that would have met the culture needs. So can you touch upon that and how you've built, I guess, with freshmen? And, and I getting- remember when, when President Hodge was still here when I got hired and, you know, he only had a couple short time left and he really wanted to win a championship before we left like any president would, you know, and I, I remember asking him, I said, hey, you want the quick fix? I know a lot of people I've done this a long time. Like we can go transfers, junior college. Like we could, we could flip our roster in about 15 minutes and I'll get as many talented kids in here. Um, and we'll try to win as soon as possible. And he, he could tell from my tone. He's like, he goes, yeah, but you don't think that's the best do you? I said, well, here's the deal. I coach at Miami university. It's one of one of the most special universities in the country. We can do it the right way here. I know we've fallen on hard times. I know it hasn't been, you know, but hey, everybody goes through that. Every there's every successful organization has has a downturn. And and how you learn from that downturn and how you come out of that downturn will will dictate the future. I said, if we do this right, I said it's it's gonna go a lot longer than I said, we're really bad. We scored nine touchdowns a year before I got there in 12 games. Like that's 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 bad. That's like, beyond that's, that. Yeah. That's LSU scored nine touchdowns in the first half of the Oklahoma game, you know, like we, we did in a whole season. So I said, but we can recruit great high school kids. And Miami has had great high school kids for, I followed Miami since I got into coaching. I've always known my whole life. I've known at least probably two or three people that were coaching at Miami for every regime, you know? And uh, I said, we can do it the right way here. We can get great high school. We can, and we can do it with love and honor. We can do it with great student athletes. We don't have to do it, you know, and other schools do it different ways. And that's how, that's great for them. So 
we stuck with our process and I know it's a, it's a winning, you know, it's a winning deal. You win two games your first year, you win three or second year, you start all in six or third year. Yeah. Hey, trust me, you guys aren't the only ones that were doubting. You know? <laughs> I'm staring at the ceiling and I thinking, thank God. I, I said, thank God I had some good skeletons in my closet to stick with, but we could see it coming. We knew our talent was getting better. We knew we were starting to have kids do things the right way. Um, and then obviously since, since that moment in town time, we've been really, really, really good. And now, like I told President Hodge, we can build this thing to last. Like this, we're in a really good place right now. It doesn't mean we're going to win the league every year, but we're going to be really competitive at the top end of this league, hopefully for the next decades on end. There's no reason we shouldn't be. We have such a good, good, good thing going and such a core group of kids. And we're recruiting kids that are going to have success at Miami. And that that's important. If you if you just recruit kids that don't fit in your university, you might have a brief success, but but it won't last. It won't be sustainable. So we, we really look at the business model and what's made us successful everywhere we've been. And we kind of stuck with it. And when a lot of people didn't believe, we kind of buried our head in the sand and kept doing what we believed in. And obviously, uh, persistence pays off in a lot of things in life. I, I mean, I'll just say you, you have a, you have a ton of support. You know, uh, there's there's a lot of us who have who remember, you know, the great days of Miami. And we all obviously had to experience the the lull that we went through and then seeing, like Kyle said, have, how you've built it. And then to hear you say we can build it to last, I think is just promising and, and hopeful. And, and it kind of gets me excited just to know that, you know, Miami's coming back to where it once was. So um, with that, I know we want to transition to, um, you know, you're, you're a community man. I know we've seen you down uh, when we did the uh, the cancer walk uh, the past few years in downtown Cincinnati. Um, and, you know, the quote we have here is um, the giver. Um, can you talk about some of the community uh, involvement that you have, whether it's yourself and your family or that you've done with the team to kind of give back? Yeah, just again, it, I was saying life, we all should do what we can do, you know, and, and some people can do more, some people can do less, but it's it's not about how much you do. It's about, you know, whatever you can set aside, whether it be financially, whether it be time, um, you should set aside to try to help other people and be appreciative of what we have. And obviously during this time, it's it's more important than ever. But to me, it's also part of the process. You know, we've always had a community service day in fall camp where we give up a whole day of practice, which a lot of coaches think that's insane. How could you ever give up a day of practice to do community service? Well, we go all over, not just you talk about the move-in, but not just the move-in. We go, we go all over campus and in town to the food kitchen, you name it. Um, you've seen us down at the Cancer Walk. I always say one of the proudest moments I've had at Miami football isn't you know, hoisting the MAC championship trophy in Ford Field. It was, we were 0-6 the first time we saw you guys down there. We were 0-6. When you're 0-6 in college football and you're in your year three, you don't you don't show your face out in public. And we had 75 guys there that night, players and coaches that, I said, this is a litmus test. We believe in doing things. Do you only believe in it when you're good and you want to go out in public? And have, it, it, It's going to be easier to do the cancer, you know, the leukemia walk this year because everybody's going to be patting us on the back talking about MAC championships. And that's fun. When you're 0-6 and you still get, you know, 75 kids and coaches and trainers to come down to Cincinnati on a Thursday night before the Kent State game, which was started our 6-0 and run. So – Either believe in your culture, or you don't. It's you, you, a lot of people talk about it, but when t times get tough, you kind of abandon and you start worrying about yourself. And to us, it's so important for these young men in our program, and important to our own families to teach them that, you know, and to keep reminding ourselves that it's hard. 
it's hard to, you know, I need it at 52. Keep getting reminder of being appreciative and when, what can I do to help out? What can I do? And then having these young men go through it. Like, I don't want to go to Cincinnati. Then they go do it and it's experienced their life. Anybody's been down to that, you know, the, the lymphoma thing. It's, it's amazing evening that if you're not moved by that, I don't want you anywhere near my program anyways. This is, this is why I love talking to coaches. I mean, I saw, <laughs> we saw you. I mean, I think you were down there, yeah. right? And I saw, I saw you and the team and once again, I, I think, you know, what people don't realize is that you buy Christmas trees, you buy meals, you know, for local businesses to give to local businesses. Um, you know, you're, you're paying it forward, whether you're out in the, you know, it's a meal or you're at the barber shop or you're wherever you are. I mean, I think behind the scenes, a lot of people don't understand uh, what Coach Martin does for the, the community of Oxford. And we actually had, um, uh, we we're fortunate enough to have Gary Owen, who's an Oxford guy. We're going to release his episode coming up. And you know, he spoke about, you know, the community and the need of the community because um, he grew up in a trailer park outside of Oxford. And I just I think to piece the two together from Gary Owen, you know, having the adversity he had to see what you do to help the community as being a leader. You know, I think it's just a fun kind of full circle mm-hmm. moment that I just realized talking kind of about this uh, and piecing those two together. So Oxford, I does. I You know, it's funny because we have Chuck, believe it or not, we have New York as our number one audience. I don't know how. <laughs> we just talked about that. But if you're from New York, catch a flight to Cincinnati and get to Oxford for a football game. Um, it's a special place. But, um, you know, thank you again for all the, the hard work you're doing in Oxford in the community. Yeah. And as you guys know from being there, you know, it's it's we, we, Oxford needs Miami and Miami needs Oxford. So mm-hmm. why wouldn't we work together every single step of the way? Like we're trying to keep as many of these businesses open as we can. It's hard that, you know, Uptown's awesome. Uptown's not awesome if these these businesses don't make this through this. So we're, we're trying to do everything we can because uh, there are people like, you know, Mo at Left Field Taverns, our guy, he's an alum, you know, we're, I mean, it's so it's it goes even beyond just trying to support local business. He's our family. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's, it's an easy thing to do. And again, we, we publicize a lot of stuff. And some people I've, you know, at times I've been like, why do you publicize, you know, did you do it for the publicity? I said, no, nah, we don't really do it for the publicity. You don't know me. And if, if, if you think that that's fine, but I do it cause I want to spur other people on to do good. Like, I think everybody that does good should get it out there, you know, because it, a lot of times a good idea comes from someplace else. And it's like, man, we could do that in our community. Let's do that. You know what I mean? And our reading things kind of taken off. I was talking to a recruiting, uh, from a far away way, you know, about seven states away. And, and the, the mother's a grammar school principal and she's using our readings at her school at a state that's nowhere near us, you know, and I can't talk too much because I can't break rules. But um, so just getting your, if, if you do good, get it out there. We have so much negativity in the news these days, as, as we all know, it's nice to hear when people, because a lot of our best ideas have not come from me. They've come from us hearing about other people that did good things. And man, why, why don't we get involved with that? That would be awesome. It's not, we, we, we don't think of all these things. That's awesome. Cool. Well, now we're going to, now we, we, Let's we, go. we, we fluffed you up a little bit with the, the community. Now we're going to give you rapid fire. We're going to put you on the hot seat. You ready to roll? <laughs> yeah, perfect. This is from one of your former players, Mr. Heath Harding, uh, the mayor of Oxford, as I think you call him, I call him, anyone yes. that, that calls him. Um, he says, uh, you have a love for croutons. Uh, is that just with salads or can you eat them plain? Question mark. Yeah, no, I definitely eat a plate because I don't eat salad. I don't eat any vegetables. So <laughs> I'm definitely the coach that <laughs> what I say, not what I do. My, my, my nutrition is pretty, pretty bad. So and, and it's funny because I do eat a lot of croutons at the Friday night meal because I'm nervous and I'm walking around, I'm pacing, I'm ADD. It's the only time I eat croutons. I don't ever eat croutons other than Friday night. <laughs> hey, but our players say, like Coach Martin's addicted to croutons. No, Coach Martin just has issues of, 
of uh, having nervous energy. You know what? I'll I'll, I'll help <laughs> a, I'll help a brother out here. I I love croutons. I'll eat them without salad for sure. Yeah, I've just never thought about popping them oh, like candy, it but it's, it's, they are it's delicious. It, they, they are good. They, they do change a salad. That is true. Or I'll throw them on top of soup. It's great. You know. So. All right. So next question. So anyone who's ever competed in sports uh, or had a coach knows that you know all the sweat and tears and blood and and the money that you put into it. Um, you know, coaches always have something, you always have something from a coach that sticks out. And so there's, you've been quoted as saying, <laughs> you guys should turn in your helmets and put on ski masks because you're robbing the university. <laughs> and I read that and I couldn't help but to laugh because having been a former athlete, I just felt like that's something that is de- like, it pokes at your ego as a player, but it sticks out to you. Elaborate on that phrase, coach, or just kind of how you, your motivation behind some of those things because I've heard quite a few but I thought that one was 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 hilarious to say the least yeah there's times my, my dad was pretty hard on me so I'll blame my father you know he <laughs> he 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 set a by a, a bar a lot higher than our athleticism would allow us to get to um so we're still we we still are very encouraging. I don't want this to come across that we're not supportive, encouraging our guys, but we're still very old school. We still challenge our kids. And the, the biggest thing I think I always tell kids is I'd hate to think that my expectations for you are higher than your own expectations for yourself. And a lot of times that is when they get to my program. And, and that's really, is it motivation? No, it's probably me, me going crazy at a practice, which I have a short fuse, but, um, uh, I do, I do believe in transparency and honesty, and probably that's exactly what I was thinking at that point in time. And, and honestly, we probably were stealing from the university. I think it's great. Uh, when, I, you're, I, yeah. when, you, when you win 20%, 26% of your games over a decade, it's, you're not doing a lot. So it's um, trying to make sure kids understand the sense of urgency of the situation, that there's a right way to do things, and we're going to do them the right way. And if you don't want to do it that way, I'm probably not going to have a lot of time for you. And I'll say this, too. It, it, it just goes to prove, you know, Coach Hep. Um, always said, you know, there's a lot of phrases Kyle and I still use, you know, whether it's when, what's important now, um, or there's there's probably a few others that I can't think of. But it just goes to show, you know, a lot of those things that you guys say and it gets embedded in their mind. And whether you perceive it as positive or negative, it's, I believe it's always a positive. It's just how you flip it and you you take it as motivation as you walk out of the out of you, you know, playing football into the business world. You're either working for us or against us. Right. That, or win. Yeah, we, we got we got mottos all over our offices. No doubt. And that's that's so. it's what athletics teaches people. It's it, that's what's the beauty of athletics. Yeah, the winning's the fun and the championships are the fun. And but the relationships that we develop, obviously sitting looking at you two guys stand next to each other working together. And then also the lessons we learn because athletics you do lose. And athletics you have bad days. And athletics, it is hard in the weight room and it is hot and it it just does so much to to teach us how to be successful. And that again, go back to your initial question, why I got in a coach, and that's that's what it's all about. Yeah. I got I got a good one here for you. Who wins in a forty yard dash? Chuck Martin or, or Harbaugh? John Harbaugh. I, I definitely think Coach Harbaugh drills me. I mean, Harbaugh's, Harbaugh's a Division One athlete at Miami. I'm a Division Three athlete at Milliken. We're not that much different in age. I don't know how many bad knees he has now. If he has really bad knees, maybe. But I, I would I would say we're probably both age, but we're we're he's probably still faster than me. I know he's tougher than me. I'm for sure on that. <laughs> so his his roommate was Brian Pillman. We just had Flying Brian Jr. on the podcast, and that 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 relates to the next question. You got a great safety, uh, Weatherford, right? And uh, he's top 10 safety heading into this season, which is awesome. Um, who wins in a wrestling match, Weatherford? And he's a, he's a freak athlete or flying Brian Pillman Jr.? Um, B, 
because I love Miami football, I would say flying Brian Pillman would kick my ass <laughs> because I would, I would stand in for Sterling. I would not, I would not let flying Brian do anything to harm Sterling Weatherford. <laughs> I would take one for the team there. I'd let him come off the turnbuckle and do what I'd probably be in the hospital for weeks, but <laughs> Miami football would be better off with Sterling Weatherford on the field than me standing on the sidelines. I promise you that. That's that might a, be the best rapid fire question answer I've ever heard. <laughs> that was great. I don't know if we need Steve anything else. Brian, Brian, I'm not letting him near any of my guys. <laughs> that is great. I like it. Well, we, uh, you know, I know, um, you know, I can't thank you, Chuck, for for everything that you're doing for our university and uh, for once again the developing of of young men and really bringing that whole culture back to where um, you know it needed to be. So, um, you know, I'm just super thankful, Calvin. I don't know if you have anything else. Yeah, I mean, thank, as, as I said before, thank you very much. Thanks for taking time uh, to join us on the show. And I know we're excited to, to get this episode out to not only the Miami community, but to the underdog community. Um, I think, as I told Kyle, I have a passion for interviewing coaches just because of a lot of the lessons that you learn through athletics and then the different leadership principles that you guys instill in your players every day that are proof that stick with us once we're done playing and stick with us for a lasting lifetime. So appreciate you sharing you know, some knowledge nuggets with us uh, and, and definitely looking forward to this upcoming season. I know over this episode, not only did I he help me bring up my ego, but I did learn a lot. So he made me a better man during this episode. Thank you, Coach Martin. Uh, love you love you to death and, and love the, the Miami guys and appreciate everything. We appreciate you having us and appreciate you guys' support. And you, obviously you guys know how special Miami University is and I'm, I'm, proud to be a, I'm proud to be a part of it. Love and honor for everyone. Awesome, awesome. Appreciate Thank it, Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for listening to The Underdog Podcast. Please subscribe and rate our podcast on the Apple and Google Podcast apps and send our Twitter handle a screenshot of your rating at Underdog Pod with your shirt size for a chance to win a free t-shirt. See you next week on the UDP.